This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. What up? My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here in 2017 Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Are you ready for this Big Ugly? I am ready. You know what? This is, I think, the first podcast that I'm going to put together where you did not say, we are back. I, right. Well, I was listening to our archived podcasts yeah. on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. And I noticed I say that Great a lot. <laughs> Little change. What is it? Uh, you know, right here in the mansion. You know, I'm going to put that uh, cheap plug over, cheap pop. No, but I noticed that I, there's a lot of things that I say. We're back. That could be one of the catchphrases for That's the, you know, other than we're not right. We're not wrong. We're, We're just fans. fans. See? We're just getting it all in. Getting our stuff in. That's what it's about with Dirty Ugly Rest. So, I was thinking, we just change it up a little bit. You know, people are used to hearing our voices by now, I would hope. Absolutely. And we are just going to change it up and keep it fresh for y'all. Is that the word that the kids use? Fresh? Fresh, yes. Fresh, dope, fresh. Deaf. dope. Dope is still good. Fire. That's fire. You remember the movie Class Act with Kid and Play? Oh, yeah. Come when on. he was it's trying to teach him what dope and deaf and fresh meant? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a tangent, <laughs> but that's what we do. All right. So we got a great show for you today. This is uh, actually our second podcast in 2017. Yes. We yes. did the Hamden Hammer, Bill oh. Ward. You see his training videos? We talk about that. I have seen that. his training videos. He's out there training hard. Uh He's got a match coming up. He does. At Rage in the Cage. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out, but Rage in the Cage, uh, we're going to either go into it in depth in the next podcast, you know, kind of relive it, but we know it's happening soon at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. January 21st, actually, it is this upcoming Saturday, depending on when this podcast is coming out, or it could have happened this past Saturday. Depending on this and podcast, I have a question for you. You got oh oh I got a question. question for you. Whoa, you were interviewing already? Already, we're talking about Rage in the Cage. Let's talk about it, sir. Let's talk about this. Are you worried? Are you concerned? Because you will be involved in Rage in the Cage. Ah, so yeah, um, I'm excited and I'm nervous all at the same time. I'm going to be the special guest referee in the one last dance, thirty minute Iron Man match in the cage. T.J. Sykes, my buddy. Uh, and Desert Storm, another one of my buddies. Now, this is an update from the last podcast. Remember how we were talking about I'm the referee, they can't touch me, or I can give a disqualification fall against them? Correct. I have been notified by EWA offices that this is a cage match, this is no disqualification, we all knew that, but you know what? I don't get to throw falls away from people if I get touched. So, am I worried? I'm a little bit more worried now because TJ might take his liberties, but look at this. You know, uh, I tell you, bruh, <laughs> Desert Storm might take his liberties. But look, if they knock me out, if they super kick me, I can't say, hey, ring the bell, give him a fall. You know, I can't do that. So I'm going to just warn him before we start the match. If you knock me out, I can't count the fall. So, hey, but I can't disqualify him, you know. So pretty much you're screwed. Damn. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I'm excited, though. I'm excited because we got that match. We got another part of the double main event. Joey Badami cashing in his Evolution contract from 2016. And he's going to be facing hashtag Pat Anthony for the EWA Heavyweight Championship with his social media ambassador, Violet. And that is an escape-only cage match. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a great match. And we've been talking about this. Another thing, being in the cage, Supremacy can't get involved. 
or shouldn't be. Yeah, they shouldn't be. They could come out, try to scale the wall. That's a 15 to 20 foot cage. They can try, but EWA country still outnumbers supremacy. Absolutely. You know that? Speaking of supremacy, the show, Mr. Jones, going after the EWA Maryland Championship against Jason Drake, accompanied by Miss Rizzo. So we got a number one contenders match for that Maryland Championship as well. The weight of the world, Corey Bush, takes on Rayburn. The battle of the worlds right there. Two huge gentlemen. Oh my God. Goodness, we've had all these people on the podcast. Do you notice they are, this? They are all veterans of the dirty of the <laughs> podcast. Yes. Oh, it's fantastic. Hey, you know who's back? You saw the videos. First of all, this video work for EWA Pro Wrestling, fantastic. We got to put that over, can't we? Go ahead and put that, it over. That's great stuff. EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook, EWAMaryland.com. Uh, at EWA Maryland on Twitter and EWA Maryland on Instagram. The video work leading up to this is just phenomenal. Yeah, I will say, and, and coming from a person like, you know, I, I do videography You as well. do? Yes. And I love the level of commitment and time put into it. You know, it's actually high quality. You can tell that it's contributing to what's happening. Documenting these stars before getting to the matches. I love it. I can't wait for them to drop. I watch them, every one of them. I'm so glad you do. Watch them, share them. You know, they're, they're fantastic. As you said, with, with professional wrestling, sometimes it's easy to get a little complacent. But we don't. EWA Pro Wrestling, we shoot the moon. Exactly. And, and I got to say, and you know, I, I obviously I don't wrestle. I'm not in EWA. We're so going to get just... you taking your first bump <laughs> at the Pain Factory training facility in Dundalk, Maryland, where you can be the next pro wrestler. You can have your birthday party. I just wanted to. Shameless plug. Did it again. Go it's ahead. All right. No, sorry. We'll put the commercial on there, too. Okay. We will. <laughs> No, but I'm just saying, as an as an actual fan and as a wrestling fan, you know, I'm just coming just coming from an unbiased standpoint. Like the videos are great, and I mean, you gotta watch them. You know, when they drop on there on Facebook, there on YouTube, I mean, I, I just encourage everybody, you know, any fan to go ahead and check them out because I mean, they're great. Um, I mean, you don't even see, I don't see that level of like video commitment put into TNA or. We got TNA now owned by Anthem Entertainment. Uh, whoever that is, but yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you, Big Ugly. Yeah. We appreciate your support, and we appreciate that we have this relationship with EWA Pro Wrestling. We can promote them, they can promote us. Um, you know who's back? Like we, we, And this is a tangent. The all-nighter party fighter, JT Moore, has escaped supremacy! Because we know in those videos, we were, we had him locked up in a basement. We had some stuff tied up to him, um, you know, electrical they, they, they did things torture. Uh, yeah. They did things. That's yeah. about the best way that, to put it. Yeah. Um, and that was TJ, and that was the social media ambassador, Violet. Uh, but he's back, and he wanted a match with Supremacy, he somebody. Revenge, he does, and I think he's going to get it sometime soon. But he's got to go through the channels. Apparently, we're not going to... Put TJ in harm's way. I'm sorry, JT. Good Lord. We're going to put TJ in harm's way because he's going to lose the cage map. But anyway, we're going to put uh, JT in a match in the kickoff show. Leading off the show, JT Moore, the all-nighter party fighter against Jai Cole. Up and coming. Rasta man. Superstar. It's going to be good. Hey. I feel bad for Jai Cole because JT is pissed off. <laughs> he's angry. He's super aggressive. So... But this could be J.T. Moore's time to shine. And also for Jack Cole, two up-and-coming superstars. It could happen. Uh, DTP, the tag team of Ivan Ali and Duran J. They've been back and forth for the past year or so. They finally explode like the mega powers exploding. They're going to explode in a cage one-on-one. They're going to take on each other. And a four-way 
Oh my God, somebody calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Please leave a message because we'll get back to you. We want all your calls and we want to know from you. Please leave comments on our page and instant message us, private message us, all that stuff. Anyway, the only four-time Cruiserweight champion in EWA history, you know who I'm talking about. Wes Mercer. And he's been on the podcast before and we're going to get him back on. He's defending his championship in the steel cage in a three or four way match it's going to be chris burns it's going to be apollo cruz the baddest man in maryland we know about him and possibly more than likely ring of honor superstar ken phoenix he's been uh in and out of ewa pro wrestling now for a little bit and he wants to come in because he wants to bring more credibility to our product and more credibility to himself to come into ewa pro wrestling everybody wants to come to ewa pro wrestling Dude, Dude. it's the place to be. We were just talking about the video packages. <laughs> Are you telling me that Wes Mercer has to defend against all these guys? Wes Mercer, and we're going to see Can this. Can he pull it off? He has won seven-way matches. He has won That's in true. four or five-way matches. Find a way to win a title in a, tra- a strange situation. I'm sorry, I'm so excited. Finding a way to win the title in a strange situation, that's what he does. I think he can do it. I don't know. I, but Apollo Crews is in the match, too. Right. And Chris the, Burns the is underhanded. The real Apollo Crews. Not that guy on SmackDown Live, but the real Apollo Crews with a Z. Hey, we got some more. You know the Hamden Hammer, Bill Ward. We've seen his videos taken on Just Simon Ron. On last week. We did. Or and last podcast. Last podcast. Yeah. Seems like last week. Right. But, I mean, we got we could do this more yeah. often. Um, and we also got a triple threat match for the Tag Team Championships, and that's going to be the Dark Horses representing Supremacy representing the EWA Tag Team Championships, and they're defending against the Oddball Army, Blood and John Berg, with Ray C. Hawkins in the corner and Bump, also against the new team of Tony Macko and El Bucanero Negro. You know about that. Yes. <laughs> so, we're going to have him on the podcast. I don't know how that's going to translate because I don't know what language he speaks. Right, yeah, and I only speak English, so. Me too. I, I know. I took Spanish and it just didn't work out. I took Spanish in high school. How about you? I took it in high school and college. You took it in college? Why? Yeah. Was it a requirement major, or something? Yeah, major, That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that horrible. What was your major? Sociology. How did you have to take Spanish for that? It, it's a requirement for the college. So, I'm, like, you have to take a language up to 201 if you go to UMBC. Couldn't you have taken spoken word English or something and be a little easier? I don't know if that was a... I, I should have looked for that. <laughs> You don't have to necessarily yeah. be a non-English speaking person to take an English course. I think that would be fun. It might be easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy credit. But anyway, look, we're going to talk. Uh, this is the intro, believe it or not. We've got more of this podcast coming. And we're also going to have an interview. That's what we want to talk about. We're going to have an interview with personal trainer Matt Tembe oh. on the Dirty Ugly podcast. Now, this is different, right? Because usually we have professional wrestlers on right. the podcast. Right, right. But we're doing this because it's the beginning of the year. Right. What does everybody do at the beginning of the year? They make New Year's resolutions. Exactly. And everybody's New Year's resolution is... To Going get, to the gym. Exactly. Everybody's New Year's resolution is getting in shape. Work so, off the weight from the holiday. Exactly. Get the summer body. <laughs> you know, so in the next, what, what, what we got, four or five months before? Something like that. Yeah, about five, six months before the summer. So we're going to have Matt Timmy on here. He's going to give you all the answers to your questions about what you need to do to either, one, lose that weight or to build that muscle. Get in better shape, better cardio, things like that. Exactly. Cool. Let me tell you something. I bought a rowing machine recently uh, from Amazon.com. Got to put it over Amazon, Amazon Prime. You know, the people to keep making this podcast for free. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, a swig of water for the working man. But 
Hey, and, and Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Something to Wrestle With. Gotta, gotta listen to I that. I was listening to that on the way over here. To Which the one? Ravishing Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh. Ravishing Rick Rude. And apparently, and we don't know this yet, he's going into the Hall of Fame this year, I think. Really? Yep. Is that what it is? Okay. That's, that's one right. of them. He is. Diamond Dallas Page should be. And oh, just announced. Great. And we're talking about this later. He is the only Olympic gold medalist in WWE history. We're talking about Kurt Angle. I want to talk, man. I want to talk about this more. We're, We're going to talk about that later. I'll We're going to do that I'll later. I have, I have like so many things to talk about. Okay. Kurt Angle. But Kurt yeah, Angle. Matt Tenby. I'm, I'm excited about this. And thank you for working that out and picking that up. Uh, he's going to be calling in and we're going to be talking about that. Then a little bit later on in the podcast, we will talk about WWE, Hall of Fame, Royal Rumble, all kinds of stuff coming up. Yeah, and I'm so excited to talk about this stuff because I'm I'm actually watching wrestling again now. So remember I told you during the holidays, I kind of fell out of you, it. You I flaked so out a little busy. bit. But these past few weeks, I am all caught up and ready to talk about it, except for NXT. So just okay. know that I've not watched NXT. That's okay. But everything else, I'm ready, man. All right. We're going to talk about that. So uh, we are going to take a short break, and uh, we're going to, you know, take a look. we got to get some sponsors. That's one other thing we want. We want people to sponsor the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. If you sponsor us, we're going to put you over on our podcast. We have a lot of listeners, a lot of repeat listeners, a lot of new listeners. So... You know, yeah, hook us not, up. We're not selfish. We'll put you over. <laughs> That's another gimmick. That's we gotta write that down. We're not selfish. We'll put, put you, you over. over. Yeah. That's gonna be the new tagline for two seven uh, two thousand seventeen. That's great. So big ugly, what do you say we go into this so break? So we're gonna go into this break. When you come back, you're gonna hear our interview with personal trainer Matt Timby. We'll be right back. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. We're back. I said it, Big Ugly. We're back with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And right now, we have a very special guest joining us. You line this up for us, Big Ugly. And we thank you very much for joining us. He is fitness guru. He's a personal trainer. This man is going to help you keep your New Year's resolution all year long. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Matt Temby. Matt, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. Thanks for the warm welcome. I'm doing great. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you so much. I know we talked about this a little offline, but we're kind of introducing ourselves again. But, uh, hey, that's okay. You don't mind, do you? No, no. I'm, I'm all, all game. Hey, Excellent. man, I told you we weren't selfish, man. You put him over hard, man. I did. No, I'm going to put, put him, him over. over. <laughs> As we said in the beginning, we are going to do this podcast. If people have ideas, people have guests, we're going to do all kinds of different shows. It's dirty and it's ugly, but that's a good thing. That's another Absolutely. quote. We can write that. It's dirty and it's ugly, but it's a good thing. There you go. Oh, so, hey, Matt, man, so how are things out there? You said you're in Ohio, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, hey, in Toledo. The, yeah, Toledo. So, what's the uh, weather like out there, man? What you guys looking at? Man, Northwest Ohio has been great in January. We haven't had any snowstorms, no ice storms, um, and actually, this week we were up in the fifties, which is unheard of in the Midwest uh, at this time of year. Yeah, we were actually in the fifties too here in Maryland. Uh, so, are you guys? All right. So, I'm guessing, do you guys get snow a lot? Like every, usually every winter. Yes. Yep. We get pounded by snow, especially. So, I'm originally from Michigan. 
Um, but now that I'm in Ohio, I'm like right off the lake, probably about 30 minutes from the lake. Um, so sometimes we get hit with the uh, lake effect snow. Um, so it'll pile up here in Toledo. Got you. So, all right, because I know here in Maryland, when it snows, and we get snow every year, but like when it snows, we shut down, like in Baltimore, like everything <laughs> shuts down, like it's a wrap. Is it like that out there, or you guys just keep going like it's nothing? Yeah, we keep going. So it's interesting because being from Michigan, we, hit, we get hit with a lot of snow as well. But the the ice trucks are out there plowing. But everybody loses their mind on the first snow of the year. Like in November, like we'll get a little bit of dusting, and cars will be all over the road, in the ditch, <laughs> in the woods. It, it's like every year that we all forget how to drive. So it's uh, it blows my mind every year. Yeah, every, and that's what I say about Maryland because it's like, I, I mean, I grew up here and it's just like, we deal with this every year, but still, it's like, that's all you hear about all day on the news is snow. Nobody wants to go out, and it's like, it, it don't even be that serious, but... Right, and everybody, yeah. I mean, we might get an inch or two, or might get some mixed precipitation, but everybody's going up and loading up on bottled water and toilet paper the night before. Uh, you know, we're having 55-car pile-ups, yeah. you know, it's, it's it, crazy. And then, it'll, you know, they'll dump a foot and a half of snow on us, and they'll be like, oh, we should go back to work the next day. I'm right. like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> But, hey, I got a story right here to tell you guys, and this is just a, a, a Shaw small offshoot, because that's what we do. We go off on tangents. Yeah, we do tangents, man, so feel free to go on a tangent, man. So, okay, yeah, I, I got one ready. All right. All right, so here's a tangent for you. So about 15 to 20 years ago, I was just getting into watching independent professional wrestling. They had a show at a place called Bingo Bills. It was a VFW hall, and um, there were basically a lot of superstars that are kind of on – in the Hall of Fame, or possibly even deceased now, just a long time ago, and <clears throat> there was at least 6 to 12 inches of snow, and it was still snowing, they still had the show, we drove 5 miles an hour to get to that show, we dug the car out every like 2 miles, it was fantastic, they wrestled outside, they wrestled in the snow, they basically tore the building down, which was beautiful, so pro wrestling happens no matter <laughs> what, let me tell you that. <laughs> The show must go on. Right. The show must go on. Hey, man, that brings me to this, man. So, you know, we brought you on here uh, because, I mean, pretty much you're a fitness expert, and we want to talk to you about fitness. You know, people always got the New Year's resolution of getting in shape. But we yep. got to ask you, man, do you watch wrestling? <laughs> Um, so currently I don't. Um, I used to watch wrestling in high school. Um, I started picking it up probably when I was in ninth grade. And so I grew up without cable. So SmackDown, so by, by default, I was a SmackDown guy. That uh, <laughs> was on this, the old CW. I'm not sure if that's still around. No, nah, but uh, don't worry. SmackDown's still the best brand anyway. That's so. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so I grew up watching, or didn't grow up watching SmackDown, but I watched SmackDown. Um, I actually really got into it when I was in high school, and then uh, my senior year of high school, they brought back Saturday Night, what's they called, Saturday Night Fever? Saturday Night's uh, main event. Main event, main event, thank you. Yeah, so they brought that back, and they brought it to Detroit. Uh, that was, like, the first time they had brought it back. That's right. And, uh, and Shawn Michaels... Was, was wrestling that night, and he had a giant ladder. It was probably a 30-foot ladder uh, that he set up in the middle of the ring. I can't remember who he was fighting that Shane night. Shane John- McMahon. Yes, yeah, yeah. Good memory. That's perfect. Yeah, so he climbs up at the top of the ladder, jumps off the ladder, and I think the table was set up outside of the ring. That's right. And went, went right through it, and I, I was just blown away, uh, speechless. So that was uh, that was the highlight of the wrestling days for me. When I was in college, I was a 
senior in college, and uh, me and one of my best friends, we dressed up as DX for uh, for Halloween yes. that year. So uh, I was Shawn Michaels. That's, she was Triple awesome. H. <laughs> I had a little bit more size, but yeah. That is awesome, man. Man, oh, man. That is great. Hey, man, it's all good, man. You're a Shawn Michaels fan, so that's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we man, so before we get into, uh, you know, some of the questions, man, just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your history, man, you know, what you've been doing as far as uh, fitness and a little bit of your background. Yeah, so um, I'm from a small town in, uh, in Michigan, Howell, Michigan, uh, born and raised there. Uh, was always invo- involved in sports from a young age, and uh, I was a really skinny kid growing up. And um, in eighth grade, I, I decided I really wanted to play football, but everybody told me it was a bad idea because I was so small. Um, and so naturally, I, I wanted to prove everybody wrong. So um, I ended up playing my freshman year, didn't play very much. Um, and I remember my football coach told my mom after our last game of, of the season that, you know, your son's a good athlete, but I couldn't put him on the field because he's too small. Like, I'm afraid he's going to get seriously hurt. And the next day was the first day I found the weight room uh, because I was I was determined to never be too small to do anything in life. Um, so I was 14 at the time. I was probably 5'9", maybe 95 pounds soaking wet. So, like, thin as a rail. Um, and then really found the love for the weight room and uh, ended up playing football in college. I played at Alma College, the small Division three school up in Michigan. And, uh, and so that was, you know, that was a big part of my, my life for four years in college. Um, I played strong safety, um, ended up getting up to 210 pounds at my heaviest. And then, um, after graduation, got a job as a financial advisor. Um, and I was working 70 plus hours a week. And for the first time since I had started training when I was 14, um, I just didn't have time to get into the gym. So my body started to shift shapes. Uh, for the first time, I, I wasn't a fan of that. So um, ran into a bodybuilder who had been at uh, my hometown gym for years and years and years uh, when I was in high school. And uh, he had just started his own company, and he was doing customized diets. So I asked him for a diet plan, and uh, that was in the fall of 2011. And uh, he he ended up convincing me to do uh, my first bodybuilding show in uh, 2012. So then I... I did uh, competitions from 2012 until last spring in 2016. Um, decided to hang it up to, uh, to have a little bit better balance in my life. And then uh, in the summer, I decided that I wanted to um, open my own company and uh, help the general population achieve their fitness goals. So that kind of brings me to today. Oh, man. Hey, that's a great story, man. Um, and we're going to talk about your company a little bit later. Um, we're going to definitely get you to plug that and let people know where you are, man. So, I do have a question, though, to get this thing started, man. Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, New Year's resolution, everybody wants to um, lose weight, right? And I'm sure that you have people uh, that you know, they know you're a bodybuilder, they know you've always been in the fitness, you know, and they come to you and they ask you for advice, and you you probably will give it to them, but then they don't stick with it, right? Like, for some reason, people never stick with it. Like, do you... Do you have anything that you think is a reason or the one main reason why people are unable to stick to their fitness or diet regimen that they plan? Yeah, um, great question. I think that, um, so when I work with my clients, I talk about making a lifestyle change because that's really what fitness is. Um, You have to have a lifestyle change from what you're currently doing to get to where you want to go. Um, And I think that the reason people fail is because they're playing the short game. So they've heard of 
the South Beach diet, the Atkins diet, um, low-carb or no-carb diet, ketogenic diets, which is um, just you're using fat as fuel. And they're not mentally prepared to go the distance with that. And so they look at it as a period of time. Maybe I'll do this for three months or six months. But if you really want to achieve your fitness goals and maintain those goals, you have to make some sacrifices and make it into a lifestyle. So when I work with my clients, I ask them what they're willing to commit to, and then I structure their plans around their lifestyle. People are busy. They have careers. They have kids. They have other hobbies outside of just their body. Um, So you have to make it work for them because otherwise they won't stick with it. Right. Absolutely. Now, so do you think that, so is it appropriate that a person, how often should a person, let's say you're trying to lose weight, how often should they be working out? You know, cause I mean, the one thing you hear that a lot of people say is, you know, I don't have the time. So, right. you know, what should people be looking at as far as like, you know, when, or like how they should be scheduling their, their workouts? Yeah. So uh, it depends on, on each person. So I have clients that will do, They can only do three days a week. Um, I have some that want to do six days a week. So anywhere in between there, I think it's fine. Um, And again, it's it's about where you're at and where you want to go and how long you're willing to to stay committed to getting there. So if you want to lose 15 pounds and you only have three days that you can commit to getting to the gym, do some workouts with some weight training, and then a little bit of cardio, um, then we might have to we might have to set a goal of six months to lose the 15 pounds. Now, if somebody is, I just had a client that lost 15 pounds in 12 weeks over the holiday season, um, and and so like instead of gaining weight, like a lot of people do during the holidays, he actually lost a ton of weight and uh, is, is in the best shape of his life right now. So it depends on what you're going to put into it. Um, and then we, we structure your goals around that. But I think three days is probably a good minimum. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Now, I, Matt, I want you to tell me this, right? And, and this is the final answer. Whatever you say now is what I'm going to believe, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. So can you build muscle and lose weight at the same time? All right, so that's a, it's a complicated question, but I'm going to try to give you the most uh, simplified answer. So when you're losing weight, um, it's actually it's pretty simple. So you need to be in a caloric deficit over time. So a caloric deficit is when you're burning more calories than what you're consuming on a daily basis. So um, let's say somebody, their, their calorie maintenance level, which would be if you're 200 pounds, we'll say that person needs to eat 2,500 calories to maintain their body weight. So if they wanted to lose weight, let's say that their goal is 190 pounds, they need to go into a caloric deficit under that 2,500 maintenance range over a set period of time. Um, so when you're going down in weight and you're in a deficit, it's going to be harder to build muscle. However, based off of your activity level, so if we're working with a person that hasn't touched weight ever, then yes, they are going to build muscle while they're losing weight because they've never had that type of activation in their body before. Um, but if you're looking at somebody, so I'll use myself, for example. So I just started doing a 16-week prep. Now, I'm not competing this year. I don't have a plan to compete this year. Um, so I'm, I started at like 199 pounds. And um, so as I'm losing weight because of how long I've been training, I've been training for 14 years, I will not build muscle. Um, The goal for me as I'm dieting down is to maintain as much muscle as possible um, so I'm not wasting muscle as I get into the leaner stages of of my prep. 
Yeah, it did, it's pretty much, uh, I mean, yes, yeah, to answer the question, definitely. So pretty much you're saying that you, you have to be someone new at lifting weights to build at the same time as losing. But if you're already in shape and you're already used to lifting, then you're probably just going to maintain at that point. It's going to be a lot harder, but here's the catch. So um, you'll see guys, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug somebody. His name is Otis Hooper, um, and he is he's a men's physique. He was an IFBB pro uh, men's physique athlete. And in 2014, um, he was, I would say he was probably around 250, 255 pounds um, and looked like a middle-aged guy. I think he's like right around 35 to 40, um, who is not in great shape. Um, and then he decided that he wanted to make a change and – over the course of two years, he reached the highest level of fitness um, from being an average gym to being on stage at the Olympia um, in 2016 in Las Vegas, um, competing with the top 40 guys in the world. So when you look at his transformation, you would say, well, he built a ton of muscle um, while he was dieting down and he was losing weight. However, he's been training for at least 10 years. So that muscle was actually there before. You just couldn't see it because his body fat percentage was so high that it was hiding all of his muscle. So when he stripped all that away and he lost 50-plus pounds, um, then he looks pretty incredible. That makes absolute sense. I get that. Yeah. I got a question for you, Matt. This is Dirty Mike right here. Um, yeah, Mike. I, this is all great uh, information, by the way, because I've gone from, you know, just ballooning up to skin, skinning down. I was a skinny kid as well, but, uh, you know, I've always kind of worked on the – I've gone to the gym before, and I've done certain things, and I've tried to stick with it, and I've, I've tried to keep in it. But a couple of years ago, I was uh, sitting in the back of a car, um, and I felt, you know, very tight sitting with two other individuals, and I was double fist and cheesesteaks, and I was like, you know what? I need to change a do- I need to change my lifestyle here. Um, so I did, you know, I changed, you know, got out a lot of the simple sugars. I did, you know, went down and percentage of milk things like that so for the and what i did was i went from 260 to 220 in the matter of man i guess four or five months maybe and that was pretty good and uh so my question for you is somebody that's looking for to to basically not just lose weight but to gain cardio to be healthier um and to also change that lifestyle you know do you suggest things like you know cutting out the simple sugars making those things you know eating less bread and things like that you know just simple things that you can do around the house or just in your everyday life to live a better lifestyle yeah absolutely um so when somebody is coming to me and they just want advice and like i I know that they don't want to work with me on a one-to-one basis. Um, I ask them those questions of, like, how much dairy are you eating? Like, um, are you drinking a lot of whole milk? That's something that you can simply cut out. You could do 2%. You could do skim and the amount of fat intake and just calories and sugar, because there's a ton of sugar in that type of milk, um, is going to be pretty drastic, especially if you're drinking a couple glasses a day. Um, pop is a big one. Pop and energy drinks, um, depending on the type of energy drink. Calories are super high. Sugars are super high. There's a lot of carbs in that. And those are considered empty calories. So, um, it's much healthier to actually consume your calories through eating food um, and eating whole foods. So like chicken, steak, fish. Um, So those are some simple things. And then 
to share with your audience, I think that this is um, something that they can take away. So when you're eating a meal, you want to you can use um, the palm fist fist method. So um, for every meal that you eat, you you want to shoot for a palm, uh, the size of your palm and the thickness of your palm in protein, and then. Um, the size of your fist in carbs, and then the size of your fist in vegetables. So that's going to give you a good ground rule um, for some nice balance in your life. And then getting those vegetables in, um, you're going to start getting your micronutrients, um, so like your vitamins, your minerals, the things that are essential for anything that you do, whether you're sitting in front of a desk uh, eight hours a day um, for work or you're in the gym training hard, you have to have those micronutrients um, so that your body is functioning well. It's funny you said that because when you start talking about the fist and palm, you had me and Mike <laughs> looking at our palm and fist like some five-year-olds, like, wow, like, look at my... So, hey, that's great, great advice. Thanks for sharing that, Matt. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a visual thing that you can look at, like, every day. And, you know, any man with two hands can... Oh, oh sorry. Good luck. <laughs> uh, there, there is a professional wrestler, and I use that term... Loosely, very loosely. Uh, that has that gimmick. But, uh, no, it, it's a good thing because, I mean, if you could do something as simple as look at your hand and open it up and then look at your palm, ball up a fist, and you can look at that and just kind of keep it in the back of your mind that that's what you're trying to do. I mean, that is an excellent visual cue. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that don't have the ability or the, the I'd say, the, the determination or the willpower to go to the gym three four five or even one day a week so if you can do something simple like that or something you know general in your everyday life and just you know cut out those sugars and and those things and look at your hand and be like look i need this much protein i need this much you know that's that's excellent thank you so much for sharing that matt absolutely yeah matt i have this question right because i've heard you mention this word you're going to break my heart depending on how you answer this oh boy Okay. Are, All are, right. are carbs the enemy? No, no, they're oh, not thank, the enemy. Thank God. All right. No, so, so here's some good news for you. Um, so carbs are the the primary source for your body to burn fuel. Um, and so, have you ever talked to somebody that's on a no carb or low carb diet? Yeah, I've actually done a low carb, low sugar diet, um, and it, I was very successful. But I got to tell you, like, after I got off of it, I just ballooned. Okay. Yeah, because, and so, and here's the point, is that it's not something that's sustainable. And I'm not sure how you felt when you were on a no-carb or low-carb diet, but anybody that I've ever interacted with that are on no or low-carbs, they're not very happy. Um, oh, oh, oh say, yeah. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah right. No. It, it puts a strain on your body, and it's restricting you from things that you really like. So if you're... If you like, you know, spaghetti and meatballs or pizza or cake or cereal, I love all those things. Me too. And, now and I'm hungry. I, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. And I, I eat all those things on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm doing a 16-week um, diet, like I mentioned, and I got home from the, the gym today, and the first thing that I did when I got home is I opened up my freezer, I got out my Ben & Jerry's cookie dough, um, and, and I had a, a bowl of ice cream. And um, so the reason that I'm able to do that is because I follow what I, I use with my clients. It's called flexible dieting. Um, so flexible dieting is a macronutrient program. So macronutrients are your proteins, carbs, and fats. It's what all food are made up of. Um, and then, then you track your, your intake of each macronutrient. And those macronutrients 
create or they're they're made up of calories. So um, I need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight, but I have to have numbers that I need to hit with my proteins, my carbs, and my fats. So based off of flexible dieting principles. I'm able to eat any kind of food. There is no food that's restricted to me, and I can still reach my fitness goals of being able to step on stage if that's something I wanted to do in 16 weeks while eating ice cream, chocolate cake, pizza, all the way on on the journey there. So um, as long as you have somebody that can help guide you or teach you those principles, the carbs, fats, all that junk food that people love, in moderation, it's appropriate, um, so I don't eat ice cream all day. I don't want your, your audience to get that impression, but uh, I, I do get it every day. Man, that that's a that, diet that's I a, want. Right, exactly. I was just thinking that, like, I need to actually talk to you, Matt, offline. Because <laughs> that is something I want. So, you know, you brought up a good point about eating the junk food and everything, and this is, I think, going to be my last question before I move on to learn about the uh, muscle and the bodybuilding side of things, but, you know, Everybody wants to talk about a cheat day um, or a cheat meal. Is a cheat, I mean, should you have a cheat meal or is a cheat day appropriate if you're trying to diet and lose the weight? Um, A cheat meal is definitely appropriate. Um, That can be used as a reward for your your discipline um, and your commitment to your program. But when you get to a cheat day, um, so let's say you're, We'll, we'll use somebody that's at a 3,000 calorie maintenance level. So they're going to be in a deficit of, you want to typically be between 15 and 20% for maximum um, fat loss over the course of a week, which is between a half pound to two pounds. Um, that's a healthy pace. Um, so let's say you're at 2,500 calories throughout the week. So you're in a 500 calorie deficit on a daily basis. And so over the course of six days, that's 3,000 calories. Now, when you get into your cheat day, if you're supposed to be eating 2,500 calories, but you go to IHOP um, in the morning, you go to Golden Corral at lunch, mm-hmm. and then you uh, maybe you're in Vegas and you go to a buffet at, at dinner, you're going to be putting away 5,000 calories pretty easily. And so you just added 2,500 calories to that one day, and you only cut 3,000 calories through the course of the other six days. So you're really erasing a lot of the work that you did. Um, but where the cheat meal comes into play is um, it gives your metabol- metabolism a boost. So um, it, as you're dieting down and you're losing weight, um, especially somebody that's like really lean and they're getting ready for a competition, um, their metabolism is going to start to slow. Um, or even somebody that's not getting ready for a competition, when you get into the calorie range of 1,800, 1,600, 1,500, your, your body is going to start to slow down with burning that food. So a cheat meal is going to kick up your metabolism. And so for those, those listening, I want you to, when you have your next cheat meal, as your metabolism, if your metabolism has slowed down, I want you to go to bed that night and in the middle of the night touch your stomach and you should feel the heat radiating off of that because the furnace is burning and so that's kick-starting your metabolism and at most times you'll actually wake up weighing less than you did after you had your cheat meal um, just because your body is burning that fuel. Hey, man, that's a gym right there. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow, that that is a great idea. So... It, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go, Mike. I think you have a question, but he talked about weighing yourself in the morning. So that'll bring me actually to my last question, I believe. And then, Mike, I think you have one. This is actually so, what I was gonna ask about. So yeah, go ahead. So finish it up. Should you be scaling yourself every day? Um, I, I don't recommend that. Um, so 
for, for the reason of this, there's a lot of variables that go into your weight and weight fluctuation. So if your goal is to lose weight, if your weight is fluctuating and you're weighing yourself on a daily basis, you're going to go crazy. Um, I'd say that could mess you up mentally, and then that could take you away from the physical side of it as well. Absolutely. Um, So when when you're creating that frustration for yourself, then you're you're starting to spin your wheels. You're also creating more stress and anxiety, which actually causes your weight to fluctuate. So when you're stressed, you're actually going to hold on to more water weight uh, than you typically would. Um, It it causes a change in your hormones as well. Um, You're more likely to store more fat. Um, So I wouldn't weigh yourself daily. So what I do with my clients, we do two weekly check-ins. We check in Monday morning, and then we check in Thursday morning. And when you weigh in, you want to have some consistency there. So the first thing that you do in the morning should be weighing in on those on whatever days you're going to weigh in. Maybe you only want to weigh in on Mondays and just weigh in on Mondays, but get up, go sit in the bathroom, and then go weigh in. But do it before you eat anything, so that way it's consistent. Um, but some things that, that your fans can keep in mind that can cause weight fluctuation is the timing of their meals. So let's say they weigh in every Monday morning, but um, most Sundays they eat their last meal at 8 p.m., but this Sunday they ate at midnight. They're probably going to weigh a little bit heavier than what they typically would because they did, their body hasn't had enough time to digest that as they typically do on Sundays. Um, if your water intake is inconsistent, so let's say you, you're doing a, a water challenge in January and you've never done something like that before, so you're shooting for a gallon of water uh, versus you typically drink 64 ounces, um, that's going to change because you're drinking more water. Um, actually, drinking more water is healthier for you, um, but if you're inconsistent with your intake, that's going to cause your weight to fluctuate. Also, your sleep patterns. Um, so I, I'm a guy that doesn't sleep a whole lot. So if I'm sleeping for um, eight hours the night before I check in, which is pretty rare, um, I'm, I'm going to probably weigh less because I've been sleeping longer. I usually am sleeping for like four to five hours. Um, and I'm going to weigh different if, if I slept for four hours versus if I slept for eight hours. So that comes into play as well. So that's definitely why you don't want to weigh in on a daily basis because there's going to be so much fluctuation um, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna um, cause frustration, and that's how people end up dropping off of their diets and uh, losing sight of their long term goals. Man, that makes sense, man. I I got to take all this into account, man. Me too. Um, so I can just be the ugly and not the big ugly. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Go. I'm gonna have to talk about my hygiene because I'm dirty, Mike. Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I need to be clean, Mike. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I can, a healthier lifestyle will help me out with that. Man, hey, hey, man. I want to talk to you, man, because you, you know you talked about your your bodybuilding um, career here, and you know, so we kind of talked about weight loss a little bit. And I kind of want to talk about putting on that that muscle. Man, have you ever watched that documentary, uh, Generation Iron? I have seen Generation Iron. I'm, I'm a fan. In fact, they're making a second one, uh, which I think is going to drop sometime in 2017. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, I definitely want to see that. I didn't know that. Um, I was, uh, I, I mean, when I, when I saw that, I, it had me confident that I could do it, but I, I had to get my life together because I, I really can't do that stuff. So, <laughs> but the point is that I wanted to ask you was, you know, is that what your life is like? Like, I mean, you working out, you know, that many times a day, and, you, like, your whole day is just devoted to, you know, what you eat and all of that? Like, how does that work being a bodybuilder? Like, what is your life like? 
Yeah, so it's it's similar to the movie, depending on what stage you're on. So those guys are, are professionals. Um, so a lot of those guys, that is their full-time career. So I have a career with Target, um, which keeps me pretty busy. Um, so when you... Like for me, um, I will typically do cardio first thing in the morning. If I'm preparing for a show, um, be on the treadmill. I actually have a treadmill at home, um, and I purchased that because I was tired of going to the gym at 4 a.m. So you'll do cardio for maybe 30 minutes, um, sometimes an hour, depending on how much uh, fat you need to burn. And then you go to work. um, You'll eat your meals throughout the day. So for two years uh, with my last coach I was working with, um, I trained seven days a week and I ate seven meals a day, and that was pretty overwhelming, um, which is which is part of the reason why I stopped competing, um, because I just didn't want to do chicken and rice and broccoli um, seven times a day anymore. So, And that's when I actually discovered flexible dieting and made that change for myself um, this past spring, and it, it really has changed the way that, um, that I view this lifestyle. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then after work, so you work 10, 12, 14 hours, and then you go to the gym, and you uh, you lift for maybe an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours, depending on what you have going on. And then uh, you get back on the on the treadmill, or you get on the stairmaster for 30 minutes, and you do some high intensity interval training. And then uh, you go home, you cook your food, you, or you pack your food if you've already cooked. And then uh, you get a few hours of sleep, and then you go after it again. So um, it's pretty similar to what you saw in the movie, especially as somebody's getting ready for a contest. Um, it does consume your life, and that's why you'll hear people talk about. Um, some people will complain about balance, but um, there's. Complaining in, in anything in life is just a waste of energy. Um, your actions can, can change your circumstance, but when you're competing, um, you're committing to that show, and you are, are also committing to not having balance during that period of your life. Man, that, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, that's a lot of commitment, though. That is a yeah. lot of commitment, and it sounds like you really have to be dedicated physically yeah. and mentally to something like that. And I got to respect all those folks that go out there and do that kind of stuff. You know, there was a, and it's just another tangent right here. You know, the WWE, WWF back then had uh, the World Bodybuilding Federation, the WBF for like a, a year or two. So they actually held the, the bodybuilding competitions and had people in there doing that kind of stuff. And, they did talk about the the level of dedication that is needed, and that's all day, every day thing. So, more power to you folks that do that kind of stuff or have done that kind of stuff. Much respect there. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Hey. yeah a, lot, a lot of impressive athletes out there. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. I, I got a question for you, and and I'm gonna get back to asking you actual, you know, the for the audience questions. But, you know, when when you think about like bodybuilding, right? Because I look at everybody on stage, like I look at Generation Iron and, you know, Phil Heath was pretty much the man in that. Um, yeah. And I, I don't understand. What are the judges looking for? Because everybody looks built, like everybody looks good. So I don't understand, like, what they're looking at. Right. So um, they, there's, it's a little bit different between bodybuilding and men's physique. And then you have your women's divisions as well. Um, but typically you're looking, they're, they're looking for um, size. They're looking for conditioning. They're looking for symmetry. Um, so, like, symmetry would be making sure that all your muscles are, are the same size and that your, your proportions are, are good as well. So, if I had really large biceps but I had small shoulders, that's not going to look good on my physique regardless of if, you know, I'm shredded and, and walking around at 4% body fat. It just doesn't look the 
apart. Um, so they look at stuff like that. Also, it, it, is your top half, so your upper body, is that matching your bottom half as far as development goes? Um, and then as far as conditioning, so what I mean um, in terms of that is um, how lean they are. So typically shows are one from the back. So when, when the competitors, their back is facing the judge, um, you're looking at are their hamstrings in um, and then are their glutes in. So the guys with the shredded glutes, those are the guys that win shows. Um, when you're talking about the Olympia, most of those guys have shredded glutes. So um, also in bodybuilding, they're looking at vascularity. And then there's also posing. So um, if you have a poor posing routine, then then you're not going to score well. And then um, when you're posing in, in the side-by-sides, um, in the comparisons, if your posing is off there, then again, you're getting marked down. So those are the five main things that they look at when they're when they're judging on stage. Ah, I got you. That makes sense, man. I would always lose in, like, the upper body being disproportionate. I skip leg day every time, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... But, man, so I, I want to ask you, um, I feel like I had something else to ask when we, but I got off on a tangent with the bodybuilding. Yeah. That's what, oh, you know what I was going to ask you? You were talking about cardio. So is it a myth that cardio messes with your gains? Because I always hear people saying that, you know, if you're trying to build muscle, you know, cardio could, you know, since you're burning, you could end up burning like the muscle. So. Well, um, so yes, yes and no, um, depending on how lean you are, um, and if you don't have, if you don't have that fuel source and your protein intake isn't high enough, then your body can turn to your muscle, um, and use that as energy. And that's what I had referenced a little bit earlier is muscle wasting. Um, and, and so that's why competitors are really focused on maintaining as much muscle as possible going into a show um, because you will lose some muscle along the way. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily look that way because as you lose body fat, your appearance is that you're actually bigger than what you were. Um, it's just an illusion. Um, but if you were trying to, let's say you're not getting ready for a show and you just want to add some size and you want to build muscle, you need to be in the opposite of what we do when we diet. We need to be in a caloric surplus. So we'll use a 2,500 um maintenance calorie range and if I want to gain without adding a lot of body fat we're going to go up in small incremental steps so uh, maybe a, a caloric surplus of 100 to 200 calories and then we'll let my body catch up um, and so if you are doing cardio in that in that phase when you're trying to build um, you're you're limiting your caloric surplus. So that is why you're actually, quote, unquote, limiting the gains is because you're not actually in a surplus anymore, and a lot of people don't calculate that. So if they did uh, 30 minutes on the treadmill or if they're doing high-intensity interval training, um, you're burning calories. And if you think that you're in a surplus at 2,700 calories, well, you just burned 200 calories, so you're still at that 2,500 mark. And so that's why those guys get frustrated. Those guys or girls get frustrated because, they're not seeing that progress that they expected to see because they haven't calculated that into their program. I got you. That, that makes sense. So I, the question that everybody wants to know, or at least I want to know, how long will it take before I actually see my gains? See the gains. Okay. <laughs> um, so it depends. It's going to vary from person to person, but um, from my experience with working with clients, um, they will start to see – see some significant progress in four to six weeks. Um, so like I mentioned, my one client that lost 15 pounds over the holiday season, um, he started seeing, we started seeing pretty significant progress with him around week five. 
Um, and then, it, and that's when it really gets fun and it's so rewarding for, for me is, is something that's helping um, somebody on their fitness goals is because I can see the lines start coming in. Um, so when we're emailing or texting back and forth, I'm like, hey, do you see that line on your shoulder? Like you didn't have that on Monday when you checked in. And so you'll see changes in those, in those three days between check-ins. Um, and that's pretty exciting because – if they haven't seen that ever before in their body, it blows their minds, and uh, they get pretty excited about it. So you can start to see some progress um, pretty quickly, so like a month in. Uh, and people just have to remember that um, small steps will lead you great distances. That's the, the programming that I use um, in my training. So those small daily steps, you can only control what's right in front of you today. And if you keep taking those steps, those add up. And then when you when you stop and reflect on where you're at versus where you're where you're coming from, um, it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I agree. Uh, you got to set those and, and take those. It's what they call small wins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Rome was not built in a day. You know, so we've got you know some things take time. And that's that's a good thing. You gotta have the mindset. You gotta have the discipline to do that, and that's fantastic. So, uh, absolutely, gotta gotta do that. That's what happened with me, man. When I went from two sixty to two twenty, took me a few months, but I got there. And I yeah. I stayed at that for the last two years. I've been kind of, um, what do you call it, plateauing out because I'm six foot one. You know, I'm a big boy. I don't want to lose too much weight now, but. Uh, okay. You know, but muscle and gaining that too. So all good information. All Absolutely. good information. So I mean, That's this right. this be other. So when you're actually in the gym and, and you're training, you got your regiment down. Should you be isolating muscles, or should you be focused on doing full body training? So that's going to depend on how many days that you can commit to your training. So somebody that is um, committing to three days a week, you're going to be doing um, multiple muscle groups in your workout. Um, Now, I'm coming from the field of like a traditional bodybuilding split. So, um, but there's so many different fitness options out there for people. Um, There's CrossFit is fantastic. And and that's really the hot thing right now um, because CrossFit is, you know, a full body workout um, and it's four times. So everything is timed. Um, and what makes CrossFit so appealing is there's this sense of community and you're doing these workouts with somebody and then you have like this whole group that's encouraging each other. It's very collaborative in the environment. Um, and that's why people get addicted and get hooked on CrossFit is just because of the people that they're doing it with and people like to be part of something. Um, now people also like to be part of something with bodybuilding as well. So, um, most of my clients will do a more traditional bodybuilding split. So what I mean by that is, um, they'll do, let's say they have four days a week. They'll do like chest and back together. They'll do biceps and triceps together. Um, they'll do one leg day, um, where they'll hit, all portions of their legs, and then they'll do, like, shoulders. And then we'll, we'll sprinkle abs in a couple days a week. Um, you really don't need to do abs more than two or three days a week. Now, you can train abs more than that. Um, your, your abdominals are muscles that um, they're engaged in everything that we do on a daily basis. So you, you can really put them through the ringer, but um, I usually have people do, like, two to three days max. And then um, you can get your cardio in as well. And so you're getting that um, cardiovascular endurance built up over time so it really whatever fits your preference and that goes back to what i talked about with the lifestyle you have to find out what works for you because if a client comes to me and says hey i want to i want to do a workout program what do you recommend 
And so I write, a, you know, a bodybuilding split for them, and they hate it. They're not going to stick with it. So then I'm going to need to find something that works better for them. And vice versa, if they're like, hey, I want to do CrossFit, and then they do CrossFit and they, they don't like the feeling of their lungs burning, then they're not going to stick with that, and they're going to want something else. So it's all about what's fi- finding what works for you and that is sustainable over a long period of time. Because it should be enjoyable. Your diet should be enjoyable. Your, your training should be enjoyable. If you're spending time on something uh, for maybe an hour, three days a week, or an hour and a half, four days a week, you should be enjoying that time. Agreed. Yeah, I can't. I mean, you can't agree with you more on that. Agreed. Yeah. Yes, gotta yeah. enjoy it. Gotta yeah. enjoy everything you're doing. Yeah. Matt, man, we appreciate you dropping all these jewels on us, man. Can can you tell us now a little bit about your business? Tell the audience about your business, where they can find you, locate you, all of that. Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm launching my business. Uh, it's called Temi Training. We'll be launching uh, the website here in just a couple weeks. Uh, first week of February is when we'll be going live. So TemiTraining.com. Um, you'll be able to find us. The website is not up now. So if you go to that browser, you'll be disappointed. Um, but you can find me on Facebook. Um, by searching for Matt Temby, um, you'll see a guy in a 120 t-shirt. Um, that's a, that's an Eric Thomas thing. If you guys don't know who he is, you should look him up as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Temby22, or if you have questions or just want to connect, um, shoot me an email at Matthew.Temby22 at gmail.com. Temby is spelled T-E-M-B-Y. Excellent. So, um, so with, with the business, um, I have one-on-one coaching programs. So that is unlimited email access to me. Um, we do two times, two weekly check-ins. Um, you get your workout program. You get your macro program. So we do the flexible dieting, as, as we talked about. Um, you get your cardio recommendation. Um, once you're in the program, um, if you're interested, we can do supplementation recommendation. Um, I don't recommend supplements for people that are not following a diet plan or a workout plan um, because – the, the supplements is, is exactly what that sounds like. You're supplementing um, for something else. Um, so if you don't have those two building blocks in place, any powders, any pill that you're taking, there is no magic pill. The magic is the consistency and the effort that you put in. That's what's going to get you results. Once you have started that, when you, have, when you add supplements into the picture, you can start to accelerate things and improve things, um, improve how you feel, improve how you look. Um, and so that's included as well. Um, and then the, the programs, uh, we have three-month options, six-month options, and then a year-long option. There will also be a group setting. And then if you just want help with the diet, there's also that option that will be available, um, macronutrient planning as well. So um, that's, that's what we'll be doing uh, starting in February. And I, I have a handful of clients I've been working with since October. Um, so it's been a, a really enjoyable process for me to, uh, to see people make steps forward to uh, where they want their bodies to be. Now, that is fantastic, and that sounds like it's going to be a great program. Now, I'm thinking of this, and I'm thinking of this in Baltimore and in Maryland as we are here. That's where the, the Dirty Ugly Ra- a podcast originates from. You are in yep. Ohio, but it sounds like if we go to your website, we have unlimited access to you, email access. If we start one of these plans, we here in Baltimore can take part in that, and people other than uh, places in Ohio? You betcha you can. Um, you betcha. The business, the, the business is designed uh, to be able to work with anybody in the country or or internationally as well, um, which is really just the beauty of the Internet. Um, 
anybody that has um, an idea and, and has the ability to execute their dream, uh, they can start a business even from their phone um, just because of the power of the internet. So, um, yeah, actually none of my clients that I'm currently working with are um, in Ohio. So uh, a few different states throughout the country. Um, so that's been uh, cool for me to, to just have connections uh, with people in these different states. So as, as I start to travel a little bit more, uh, I'll be able to run into them and actually train with them in person. So that'll be fun. That's so great. Isn't that great? Man, that, it's a great, that's a great program. Oh, that sounds Matt, good. I, I really think I'll be hitting you up, man. <laughs> You're going to be hearing when, from me. <laughs> when this website goes live. Yes. You're going to have some dirty, ugly wrestling sponsored. We're going to have, we're going to be on there. We're going to be like, you know what? We need to get in shape yeah. so we can come on this podcast and we can talk all night long. Yeah. So Fantastic. I that, love it. That's what we can do. So Big Ugly, how are we going to wrap this up with Mr. Matt Temby? T-E-M-B-Y. How are we going to wrap this? I want to put that out there. I love that name. Uh, Matt, you got anything else for us? Any other nutritional fitness jewels you want to leave the audience with before we exit? Yeah, so, um, guys, you have to have a why. You have to have a purpose of, of why you're doing anything in life. And uh, so if you want to lose some weight, know why you're doing that. So I'll share just real personal, uh, real quickly personally, uh, the reason why I decided that I was going to stop competing, I was actually getting ready for my show uh, last April, um, and I was qualified to do junior nationals in Chicago, which I then looking forward to. But uh, about six weeks into my prep, I, uh, I reached out to my coach and I said, listen, uh, this is going to be the last show I do in April. Um, like, I'm just done. And the realization I had come to, so I, I've, I'm somebody that has always struggled with confidence. Um, despite, you know, playing college football, um, I just have had low confidence throughout my life. And I realized that um, me competing at that stage in my life was unhealthy for me um, because my whole confidence and my self-worth as a person was tied to how I did in these competitions. And these faceless uh, judges in the crowd who you can't even really see when you're on stage, they were determining my self-worth for the next 12 months based off of how I did. And it just, I didn't want that anymore. Um, and so it was good for me to walk away from the stage I've been working with a life coach, and she's really helped me um, see the value that, that I add to others' lives um, and the gifts that I have um, and start to appreciate myself. So um, you have to have the same thing. Your value does not come from how your body looks. As a person, each of us are special. We all have gifts. And if you don't value those things, you're not going to get what you're looking for by improving your body. You will have more confidence in your body, and you'll have more energy, and you'll feel better, but there will still be that void. So you have to figure out that what that is for you of why you're doing something, um, and it has to be bigger than just the physical result. So um, I would love to be part of those journeys. Um, and for you guys, like this is exciting. You guys are launching into year two of the podcast. And uh, I know that you guys have some big goals and uh, some big some big visions of what you're going to do. And it sounds like you have some great guests lined up for, for your fans um, in 2017. So I'll be watching, um, and I'm excited to see what you guys do. We thank you so much for that uh, promotion there, Matt. That, that comes a lot coming from you, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, share this podcast on your Facebook page and not only uh, our listeners, but uh, people that follow you, people that's been working out with you and getting their life together because of you, then we can uh, sort of get, you know, the two worlds meeting. And you never know, these, new, these uh, 
these jewels that, that Big Ugly speaks of, we could be passing that along state lines, we could be passing it over the internet, and just uh, spreading the goodness all over the place. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Matt, I have a feeling this episode is going to blow up, man. You're probably going to be requested to come back on. Right. I hope sometime in the future we can have you back. I would love that. I would love that. And thank you so much for the opportunity to hang out with you guys tonight. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, I've got uh, two words for you. Don't know. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I know we're DX fans, but no, that's not it. Um, <laughs> no, no. I want to just hear your initial thoughts off the top of your head when I say Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the greatest. Because he's the governator. He's the celebrity apprentice, Jamie! You know, I'm sorry. I did this last so (laughs) Get in the chopper! No. Um, No, because he was Mr. Olympia, you know, back in the 70s there. And he was involved in the bodybuilding long before he became an actor. And, you know, he still talks about that to this day. He's in his 60s, almost 70 years old, I think. Probably 70 now. And... Him, it's same thing with Vince McMahon. I gotta put that out there. Those two are genetic jackhammers are in better shape than a lot of people in their twenties and thirties. How at that age? I mean, that's just phenomenal. So, I mean, if they can do it, if the big ugly and myself can do it, if you can do it, Matt Temby, anybody can do it. That's right. I believe that. Hundred percent. Hey, hey, it's not the tumor. It's not a tumor at all. No, I'm sorry. I had to bring it up. Man, that's fantastic. So thanks for rolling with that. Uh, and Matt, thank you for joining us on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Um, we're going to definitely promote you up and make sure everybody's jumping on the right lifestyle. And we are going to talk to you soon. All right? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Hey, and Mike, uh, best wishes to you in the cage, the Rage in the Cage. Um, in just a couple days with TJ Sykes in the Desert Storm, be careful in there. Uh, I heard the last podcast, and uh, TJ might have like a little loose screw up there. Um, so, like, just keep your eyes on that guy for sure. I sure will. I, you know, whenever this podcast drops, yeah, we are recording it shortly before Rage in the Cage. EWA Pro Wrestling, and uh, if you're ever in Baltimore, I suggest coming out and seeing the EWA Pro Wrestling, because it is it is the stuff to come see. And thank you for the well wishes. I appreciate it. I am getting excited, but I'm also getting more nervous as the clock ticks down. There's no disqualifications in that cage. There's no rules, and I'm just hoping to not only live through it, but you know what? It's going to teach me a lot about my body physically, too, because I've been a referee before, but 30 minutes hanging with two professional wrestlers inside the steel cage. I want to know what I'm worth after that, but uh, you know what? It's going to be great. Thank you for the well wishes, sir. Absolutely. And Eric, uh, great connecting with you. I really appreciate you reaching out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Matt. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks. Returned to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I am the big ugly. See, it's just a little different way to lead it in. Yeah. You know, instead Why of saying, we're back, because yeah. I, I do that all the time. You know, I'm, I'm trying to work on my, my impersonation. It's because of Bruce Pritchard. Because <laughs> he, he impersonates people so well, and I'm, I'm starting off with Macho Man. I, I just can't do a good Randy Savage, man. I'm jealous of anybody that can do... A good Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, Bruce Pritchard can do the macho man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Dig it. Mine's okay. Not yeah. bad. 
It's okay. Oh, but yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Just... It might hurt the throat, <laughs> yeah. but you can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bruce Pritchard's got a lot of impressions. I love when he starts uh, doing the Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pal. Oh, damn, <laughs> pal. <laughs> damn, pal. Shit. You know, just, it's, I mean, it's great. Everybody in the WWE that was ever successful has some kind of grunt, uh, some kind of just deep inhalation grunt, kind of oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> what was that? Uh, was that Paul Bear? Bear? <laughs> I don't know. Paul it Bear. sounded like a little uh, seductive there, but I uh, wasn't sure about that one. But, yeah, hey, check out uh, Something to Wrestle With. It's the Bruce Pritchard podcast, Bruce Pritchard. Um, you know, you can check it out on Twitter and check it out. On, and, and also check out Talk is Jericho and the Ross Report and the Steve Austin Show, also Unleashed. And um, there's a lot of great podcasts out there, and we love being a part of that, that world. See, we're not selfish. We put them over. We put everybody we'll just, over. Yeah, we'll just wait for them to put us over. We're going to do yeah. that. And say, hey, uh, we just had a great interview with Matt Temby, and, um, you know, that is some great information. Definitely something to go back and listen to over and over again. And if you want to uh, follow him, you can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. And you'll find him on the website. Just go back and listen, and there's the, all of that. T-E-M-B-Y. You Google it. You search it. You're going to find him. So right now... There our third act and final act of this podcast at this point in time. We're going to talk a little professional wrestling. We're going to do a little word association here. Um, we appreciate your time listening to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Share this, comment on this, and tell us what you want to hear coming up in the future. Dude, can I go off on a tangent real quick? Of course you can. Will Ronda Rousey fight again? No. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that she's done uh, after one loss and a year off, and another debilitating loss, I don't think she has anything else left to do. She can, you know, go back into movies and television in the WWE. This is why, I'm, I'm going to just talk about Ronda Rousey real quick, and then we can get back to the wrestling. This is why, I'm going to say this last time, this is why I respect Conor McGregor more as him being a great fighter. Because Con it's not the fact that Ronda Rousey lost, right, that makes me doubt her. It's her heart. When Conor McGregor talked all that crap and he lost to Nick Diaz, right? Right. What did he do? He he immediately was like, I got to fight this guy again. Right. He, he didn't he, take a year off. Yeah, he didn't take a year off. He, he turned down a role on Game of Thrones he that sure he was did. set to do because he was like, I'm going to fight this guy again. And he went back and fought again. So, you know, he didn't go into some deep depression. He didn't doubt himself. It's like Conor McGregor is that person where nobody needs to tell him he's great to believe he's great. He just knows it. So he knew he could go back and fight Nick Diaz and win. I feel like Ronda Rousey is one of those people where everybody said she was great, so she believed it because everybody said it. Believed and the then, hype. Right. It's like she believed her own hype. And when she lost, it was like, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm not as good. And so she falls into this, you know, the stump where she doesn't want to come out, and then she comes out after a year, and she gets beat again because the confidence wasn't there. And you saw it in, you saw it in the ring. Um, is that, that's not a ring, octagon. That's but, an octagon. Yeah. It is a dirty, ugly wrestling. <laughs> right. But, yeah, so, I mean, it, that, that's the only disappointing thing. I think that that's what separates somebody like Ronda Rousey from Conor McGregor. And the reason I compare the two is because they're both, you know, known for being very cocky, confident, right. arrogant trash fighters, talking, trash all talkers, that. you know. But it's like, listen, you're going to lose, you know what I mean, as a fighter. You know, as John Jones said it about her, he said, you know, the sport just caught up with her. Mm -hmm. it, you know, eventually it's going to happen unless you're yeah. Floyd Mayweather. But, <laughs> but, but you know, it's about how you how you come back from it, man. All, all the greats have, have, have lost at some point. Um, but 
getting back, got off topic. It's all right. Getting back to wrestling. Word association. Word association. Okay, let's talk about the Royal Rumble. Yes. All right, so a couple of words that we have associated. Oh, mine too. I can't wait for that to come up. The match itself, 30 men. All right, before we go, real quick, who do you think is going to be um, a special? Like, if you could pick anybody that you think is just going to come out, like, you know, they always bring somebody like an old timer out or something. Who do you think it might be? CM Punk. Oh, come on. Yeah, we were uh, look, is that, is that a serious answer? Look, it's a serious answer, which I would want to see it. There is this meme going around on uh, Facebook, and it's showing Bray Wyatt standing in the middle of the ring waiting for the next competitor to come out, and it plays CM Punk's video and his music, and it's spliced together. Now, granted, it may never happen. It could never happen. But you know what? Other relationships were going a lot more sour in the WWE for a lot longer, and there were other people that sh- showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... I think, don't get me wrong, I do think that one day Punk's relationship with the WWE will be patched up, but only reason I don't think it's going to be this soon is because, as far as I know, they're still suing him. Ah, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> they had lawsuits yeah. with Hulk Hogan and the yeah, Ultimate I mean, Warrior. It don't matter. True. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that cult of personality played, man, I would pop so hard. So. I, I would jump out of my chair yeah. if I was sitting in one. Yeah. Um, how about Daniel Bryan? I mean, there's definitely talk of him doing something a little bit more physical, uh, that he's been cleared to do something physical, that he's kind of... So he has been cleared to do something. Teasing back and forth, yeah. I mean, he's been still going through the personal uh, physical training and everything like that, so... This is why I don't take Daniel Bryan. I think if they're going to let Daniel Bryan do anything physical, they'll wait to set up an angle with The Miz. At WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. That makes sense. Something like that. I don't think they would spoil it at the Royal Rumble, because then it's like, well, everybody's going to know he's able to compete again, but... Right, and if he comes out in the Royal Rumble and he doesn't win it, people are going to hate whoever wins. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You don't want to put yourself in that predicament again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how about Brock Lesnar and Goldberg? Um, who do I think is going to win? Who do you think, uh, well, I mean, I don't think either one of them should win the Royal Rumble. I certainly hope not. Goldberg shouldn't, just because he's a one-off part-timer, whether no matter how long this lasts, and Brock's already won the Royal Rumble. I want to see somebody new win it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could see them going with Goldberg. I could see them trying to milk something out of Goldberg. I mean, he just decimated, you know, the biggest talent in the WWE, arguably, who nobody else could beat. So it's like, why would you not send this guy for a title run? I don't know. You got to follow it up with something. Exactly. So... I could see them going with Goldberg for the Universal Championship, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to do it with him winning the Royal Rumble. No. I don't think it's a good move. Um, I think he'll get eliminated, but it, it'll be shenanigans somehow. It, Brock Lesnar gets eliminated, and then I say that Goldberg eliminates Lesnar at some point. Lesnar comes back out and screws Goldberg. There you go. There you go. And that and sets up the angle. It right. keeps the angle going. Yeah. Right. Um, Undertaker. Is this a vehicle to lead towards John Cena at WrestleMania? I could see it. I mean, I, I, I definitely don't think Undertaker's going to win or has any chance of winning. I think it's just a special just because we haven't seen Undertaker in a Royal Rumble in a very long time. And he's won it before, so right. he doesn't need to win it again. Right. Is Cena in a Royal Rumble? No. Cena, Cena is isn't. facing AJ Styles yes. for the WWE Championship. That's right. So, this is a tough one because what would it be setting up? I mean, if Cena's not in the Royal Rumble... I mean, I don't think it sets it up here. Okay. I think it's that still sets it up down the road. I don't see another. I mean, there's a couple of 
ideal opponents for The Undertaker. The Undertaker plans to be around for a long time. He's in his mid-50s. I don't know how long he's going to last. The other thing, why... All right, answer me this question. I hear I hear this a lot about people wanting to see Cena and Undertaker. Yes. Why? I've wanted to see it for several years. Because these are two of the biggest names in the business, two of the biggest followings in the business, and The Undertaker, win or lose against Cena at a WrestleMania, would be a huge draw. And... No matter what would happen, whoever would win or lose, they could write the story as such to where it gives John Cena that legacy to keep moving forward, even if he is a quote-unquote part-timer, and it gives The Undertaker a high note to go out on because you never know when he's going to have his last match. I mean, granted, that man's in fantastic shape for being 50-some years old, but come on, on that marquee that you've never seen before, Cena, Undertaker, you can't beat that. Well, you just sold me on it. All right. I see. <laughs> I should be working for the WWE creative machine. Um, AJ and Cena. So I, I see AJ winning that match. I see that being a highly competitive match. I see AJ coming out with a title. Um, they could let Cena win it on a one-off to get him tied with Ric Flair for the 16th time. I don't know if they should. I don't think they should. I think Flair should stay in a, a company of his own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I do think I do believe this. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Cena's going to tie Ric Flair's uh, record. I don't think they'll do it at Royal Rumble. A moment like that, they're going to save for WrestleMania. Think so? I they think put so. Cena over for the title at WrestleMania. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, because it's not just about Cena winning titles. Like we know it's going to tie up Flair's record. If you're going to do that, I mean, you're going to do it on the grandest stage of all. True. Um, when you make him the you know 16 time you know, champion. So I, I think I, I, I'm with you on that. AJ wins. Um, can we talk about Chris Jericho? Well, we can talk about it. it. <laughs> Stupid idiot. You know what? You, you want to talk about Chris Jericho? You know what happens when people want to talk about Chris Jericho? What? Do you know what happens when people want to talk about Chris Jericho on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? You know what happens, Big Ugly? What? You just made the list! <laughs> Sorry, I just had to bring that up. Hey, man, let me tell Jericho, let me, all right, I will say this. Let me just say this. When I was younger and Jericho was around back in the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. I did not appreciate Jericho because, you know, you had Rock, Austin back then. I was a young kid. You know, they were all the hype, right? True. It's like, it's in these moments now where it's like you really appreciate Jericho. There are very few people that, that have been around back then and even before then the Attitude Era and still be able to reinvent themselves the way he does. And, and I really mean, think about it. When The Rock comes back now, what is he? He's still the same old Rock. True. You know what I mean? When The Undertaker comes back now, he he's, he's Undertaker. Pretty much. John Cena, you know, same thing. He's always just John Cena. But Jericho, every time he comes back, he reinvents himself. And he makes himself relevant and gets himself over. I mean, you got to give that guy credit. I really do. We were just sitting here quoting a lot of his stuff, both of us back and forth. I mean, he makes himself relevant to all the audiences, no matter what you, what age you are, what gender you are, doesn't matter. And you know, if it's 1999 or if it's 2017, he's doing it. Right. It, Got it, some longe- longevity. Longevity, and it's like it just goes to show the commitment. I mean, think about people that are still in the company, like you have your Mark Henrys or your Big Shows that were around back in those days, and it's like. You know, what have they done? They mostly maintain their same character. It's like Jericho has the privilege of doing that. Like Chris Jericho doesn't have to reinvent himself. He's Chris Jericho, but he does. Let me interrupt with this. Okay. And this is the same story, but different tangent. All right. So we got Roman Reigns and we got Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship, which is one of the highlighted matches at WrestleMania. And we've got Jericho in a shark cage. 
There's just as much limelight on Jericho being in that damn shark cage as there is on Owens and Roman for the title. Right. Do you see that? Yeah. So, to make himself such relevant, to be a part of this main event story, to be Kevin Owens' best friend, to have this friendship go hot, go cold, that's more interesting and relevant than the Universal Championship at this point. Right. So, that brings me to my other point about the Royal Rumble. I see... Two championship matches happening at WrestleMania. There's a Universal Championship and a WWE Championship. Whoever wins the Royal Rumble is going to designate which that is. So I think it's going to be SmackDown that wins the Royal Rumble, and it's going to be the WWE Championship that is the main event shot. Which goes into my next point, and let's talk about who's going to win the Royal Rumble. I got two picks. All right. Dolph Ziggler, because he's just turned heel. Yeah. And that's a good move for him because he's had a great year. And Bray Wyatt, who's been flying under that radar. We've been talking about this for years. And it could be finally his time. If they can both stay away from injury and both stay away from politics, one of those two could win the Royal Rumble and and theoretically main event WrestleMania against AJ Styles. I absolutely would go with that. Dolph Ziggler, I would say he's a good candidate. I don't know if they feel like Ziggler... Is currently over enough. I think they might they might do still be doing a little bit more work on his heel turn. I agree. Before pushing him into that feud to set up for WrestleMania, but I think Bray is a candidate. Only only reason that only thing that makes me doubt Bray is the fact that it seems like they just keep teasing that the Wyatt family is going to implode at some point, and that that makes me wonder because it's like, all right, if you've been teasing that the Wyatt family is going to implode. You're not going to take Bray Wyatt to WrestleMania, have him win, and then the Wyatt family implode. Like, he's going to, he would have to get the championship with the Wyatt family behind him. So, it'll be, do they switch gears and keep the Wyatt family together with Orton, which I'm loving, by the way. I I love love Orton as a part of the Wyatt family. But they're so over, you know, and they're trying to be a heel tag team, but they're so over. Yeah. So that's hard. So if they have them implode, have them implode or tease it or have them turn face and go that way, because I tell you what, if Bray Wyatt wins the Royal Rumble, he ain't going to get booed and he's going to get cheered. Oh, for sure. I mean, he. I mean, the lights all go off and all the fireflies come up. Everybody, everybody puts their yeah. phone up. Let me tell you, it's. Don't, I want this to happen. It's time, man. It's time for it's Bray time. Wyatt it's, to it's get time. a push. He's been over for way too many years now, and his years. 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 He's yeah. been over for way too many years now for him not to be holding some type of title. And at this point, it should just be the world title. Skip all the other ones. So let's just throw some other names in there. Do we think anybody else has a shot of winning this Royal Rumble? Anybody off the cuff? Anybody not expected? The Miz, who's never won the Royal Rumble, but who has a lot of steam in the past year or two. The Miz has had a lot of steam. They're kind of setting up the little Especially feud last year. on SmackDown. They set up a feud. They had him and AJ in the ring at the same time. Um... I don't think that Miz is going to be set to win the Royal Rumble, but I do see a feud with Miz and AJ. But does that mean that a- does AJ keep the belt past WrestleMania? Probably not. I don't think so. So is I don't know. I don't know what Miz would Miz win. AJ and Miz that'll be interesting because you got two heels technically. Right. So, so be... it's it's going to be hard to do that unless yeah. they try to turn AJ face again. But AJ's better as a heel, he, honestly. Yeah, he really is. And so is the Miz better as a heel. Yeah. I so... think Dolph Ziggler probably end up as better as a heel. So yeah. now you need these big baby faces to step up. Right now, Baron Corbin's on the fence. Baron Corbin's a big heel. Yeah. 
Yeah. Got a lot yeah. of heels. Well, then, to talk about Dolph Ziggler, so that would be Dolph Ziggler versus AJ at WrestleMania, too, if he wanted That to would be That's okay. heels. Then you could, uh, and, but, you know, at that point, then you also have Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt are technically heels, but are over with the crowd. Right. SmackDown's such a good show. Man. It, it, I mean. Such <laughs> a good show. Hey. And the funny thing is, you know, uh, I was watching that, I don't know, I forgot what that new segment is on WWE, but it was JBL and Paul Heyman with uh, the guy. He was like interviewing. Right. It was like an ESPN uh, yeah. 30 for 30. or Yeah. Well, yeah that uh, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the thing is, JBL talked about people complaining about Raw being too long. Right. right. And he was like, all right, well, if you take the cruiserweight and kind of mix that in, Raw is pretty much the same as SmackDown. Right. So guess what that means? Raw has no excuses as to why <laughs> it is not as good as SmackDown. Because at least when you were using the three-hour thing, you know, people could be like, well, it's a three-hour show, so it just takes more than SmackDown. But it's like, listen, JBL just shut that down. So the point is is that SmackDown is just the best show, period. And it is. And I still watch Raw and yeah. watch the WWE Network for original programming like that with JBL and uh, Paul Heyman and such yeah. like that. Also, original programming on the WWE Network, the European Championship, the U- I should say the UK Championship, I'm sorry, the United Kingdom Championship, which just got decided in a 16-man two-day tournament, which came down and Tyler Bate, B-A-T-E, actually won that 19 years old, and he's got a mustache like a 40-year-old. Um, but, I mean... And he's got this Tiger Powerbomb, uh, which is a uh, Tiger Driver 97. And I realized that he was born in 1997. Good Lord, he was born two years after I graduated from high school. Um, God. Yeah, man. He's, I'm a, young, he's yeah, a young kid. He's yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. But there was a lot of people in that tournament. It was great. Uh, they put it in the UK, uh, the ballroom, kind of the Hammerstein ballroom of the UK, if you will. They're trying to do an original programming over there for a network show for the UK championship. I think this is great. Check it out. Great action, different style, um, you know, not a lot of huge, big, powerful storyline names, not a lot of big, huge, powerful guys, but everything is stiff, everything is tight, everything is crisp, it's good watch. All right, I'm going to have to go check that out. I have not checked that out, but I have been wanting to ask you this, man. Ask I'm me this. i a little bit. Ask me. Uh, I couldn't wait to ask. Dude, what do you think about the uh, cruiserweight division um, and... Because listen, I, I feel like when these guys come out there, I'm loving the I'm loving the gentleman guy. He he's funny. He's I love him, man. Um, yes, um, I forget his name. It's but, escaping yeah. me right now. But yes, uh, I, I know love, exactly I what you're talking about. I love his gimmick. Um, but the thing is, when I, I just feel like it's flat, man. I feel like I, I don't know if it's the crowd. And then I try and think back to WCW and was the crowd flat when the cruiserweights used to wrestle back then. No, it's the crowd a, was hot for the cruiserweights and the yeah, undercard in WCW, but right. the problem is it's not 1997. It's not ni- it's not the early 90 or late 90s and early 2000s. It's a different world out there. And it works better in a smaller environment. When it was in the NXT arena, when it was in a smaller couple thousand seat arena, cruiserweight, it's great. Um Cruiserweight guys are smaller, theoretically, so, I mean, you're looking at them in the big ring, on the big screen, and not that they're doing a bad job. They all think they're all doing a fantastic job. Some of them have characters that stand out, some of them don't. But you put it on two segments in the ring and one or two segments backstage where people are not really driving it up, and they've started this 205 Live thing, yeah. which is actually, SmackDown is recorded 8 to 10, and it's shown live 8 to 10, and 205 Live is actually on the network at 10 to 11 after that, so the crowd has already gone through two hours of SmackDown. Now they're going through cruiserweight action. Some of them leave, some of them stay, some of them are tired out after two hours of SmackDown. Right. Um, it's not the right crowd. I think the cruiserweight division 
would be better suited in a smaller environment and in, in a, more of a house show kind of environment, but definitely still in the network. I like that they've incorporated it into Raw because it does make Raw seem not so long because yeah. it does mix it up a little bit, but I respect everything that they're doing. I'm just not a huge fan of what's going on right now. Uh, yeah, I feel like they probably got to get some more cruiserweights. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just me. I don't, I don't watch the uh, 205 Live, but... From the segments that I watch on Raw, it seems like it's the same guys being recycled like, it is. every every week. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay, didn't they just fight each other? You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I feel like they got to get they gotta get a little more yeah. in there. Um, and hopefully they will, because they got a lot of talented people. That uh, the tournament for the Cruiserweight uh, title, uh, the Cruiserweight Classic, yeah. that was great. That was great, right. On the network, one hour a week, and you're showing all these, like, ex- exemplary matches. Every match was fantastic. You bring them up to the main roster, then all of a sudden you got the handcuffs on you of, you got this time to tell this story, you got one segment, you got six minutes, do it. Right. Um, harder, more challenging, obviously. But I tell you, Neville turning heel, pretty cool. That was good. Good pretty twist. Cool. Good twist, yeah. And Neville can you know work in the cruiserweight division and give some star power to the cruiserweight division and also come back to the main if yeah. he wants to. So, um, Let's do. Uh, let, let's jump into this because I'm just excited to tell you about this. All right. Um, so we talked about the Hall of Fame. We talked about Ravishing Rick Rude. We talked about Diamond, Diamond Dallas Page. They'll be um, announced soon. But we mentioned this earlier. Kurt Angle going into the Hall of Fame. How you Dude, feel about this? I am so excited for this, and this is why I said I wanted to talk to you about it because Kurt Angle's going in. I mean, this is big news. Um, it's no, true. It's, it's, it's damn, damn true. true. So number one. Uh, does this mean Angle might come back to actually work a program? That's not past him. Uh, he's still in fantastic shape. You know, the last podcast that he did um, that was on, uh, I think, um, Austin's podcast. It was, uh, well, right. Austin's podcast. Yeah, he did Austin's podcast, and he's did, done a couple other ones, too. You know, he said he's definitely taking some time away from the ring right now, yeah. but he's doing some independent shots. Uh, he's still got some independent shots uh Lining up for this year, actually. So I don't know how quickly that would happen, but there is possibilities of him coming back to work a program. Man, I would love to see him go with somebody like AJ Styles. I would love to see him go with somebody like Baron Corbin, Bray Wyatt, you know, these people that we didn't see him go with in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I would love it. Um, you know, is he the, is he the main inductee? Like, is he the? He's the gonna headliner? be number one. Okay, he's gonna he's be the, the headliner. One. Okay, all right, good. And you still got other people trying to come back in. I mean, there's a lot. You know, people want Owen Hart to be uh, posthumously entered in. You know, there's a lot of talk of what's gonna happen, and they they do talk about it. It's hard. You know, they only got a certain amount of slots every year, yeah. and they got to put people in at the right year, the right time, like China. She should go in eventually, but it's probably too soon after what had happened to her. Yeah, it's probably too soon. You know? uh, do they put next click member in uh, Xbox? Eh, possibly. I mean, they, they're going down the line with the click. The rest of them are in, so why not? Except for Triple H. We know well, Triple H will go in eventually. Yeah, Triple H doesn't count. You know, Triple H is like that Vince McMahon. They're gonna, one of them is going to have to die, and neither one of them will ever die. Yeah. So then they would have to go in. They're never going to get inducted while they're alive, even though it would be great to see an honor, you know, Vince McMahon to be inducted into yeah. his hall, own Hall of Fame. Same with Triple H, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so I'm excited about Kurt Angle. I love Kurt Angle. I've got to meet, meet him. I've got to work with him. Um, so, you know, I got yeah, he to... He seems like a really cool guy, like just a very I mean, up, upstanding guy. Yeah, he's an upstanding guy. He's been through a lot in his life, yeah. uh, but he's so knowledgeable and so willing to talk and so willing to share information about life information about the business information about nutrition um so it was great i I love kurt angle so excited about that hall of fame night before wrestlemania this year royal rumble 
Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. I know we just talked the about road the road to WrestleMania. Thing, but yeah. Royal Rumble takes place in San Antonio. It does. Shawn Michaels, will he make an appearance? One hundred percent. Shawn Michaels will. Austin will. Will Shawn Michaels be a special in the Royal Rumble? Because he won. No, he didn't win the '97 Royal Rumble. He was the main event against Sid Vicious in '97. That was '97. Yes, so but he has won he Royal has, Rumbles before. He won two in a row. Yes, he did. So. 95, 96? No. Right. 94, 95. I okay. know he won 95. I'm 100% sure of I that think one. it was 95, 96. Because he won the... Because Austin the sh- won 97. Right? Austin won 97. Yeah, I think, yeah I 90 was. was 95, 96. 96. It was. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, hey, I mean, he... Because I mean, he, he doesn't have to be in there long. I mean, nope. you know. Well, he came out at WrestleMania. Exactly. He came out in gear got and got physical. in. Yep, yeah. got a super kick in. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's very possible. If Shawn Michaels music plays in San Antonio, that's a great pop they for the Rumble. Would, they, yeah, they would go crazy in there. They gotta have some surprises, you know. They yeah. always do. If Austin came in, if that, I would. And, and imagine if Austin came in in actual full gear. I don't think he would, because I don't think he's in the shape that he used to be, which is why he. No, nah, he come he, out in the t-shirt, the jean shorts, and jeans, yeah. you know, and put the braces if, on. Yeah, if he came in out in a tights, man, oh my gosh. I don't think he's in the shape to do that. Nah. Um, I mean, he works out, though. He talks about working he out. He does talk about it, but he also talks about his yeah. uh, IPA, drinking his yeah, beers. Yeah, uh, that beer better. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Heard Chris and at the Broken Skull Ranch. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it'll hurt you, the Wonder Dog. But, um, no, I think if uh, Austin's music hit, I mean, there's a, guy, a, lot, you know, a lot of San Antonio, a lot of Texas people. So, you know, you got to pop the crowd. 60,000 people going to be there. It's going to be awesome. And uh, the night before the Royal Rumble, we've got NXT TakeOver San Antonio, which is going to have a lot of different uh, matches. we got matches for the Tag Team Championship. we got the Women's Championship. And uh, that's actually in a six-way match with Asuka. Your girl going to have to go through five other women. Yeah. How that's- is the women division looking? Like I said, I've been, I've been out of the loop on NXT. Because, I mean, how's it looking these days? We talked about this before. It was much, much more, more depth. depth through it when Charlotte Bailey... Uh, Sasha, all those ladies were there. I mean, it's still great. There's a lot of great women, a lot of great gals in there. Um, and that's Asuka was facing Mickey James, who actually just came back on SmackDown. How about I that? Didn't see that? Mickey James. You know this La Luchadora gimmick they yeah. got going on? That well, was, they revealed it to be uh, Mickey James. I missed that segment. Believe no, that? No. That's how they went off I the air. recorded. Okay. Watch. I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to spoil it for you. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a anticlimactic moment because people are like that's who is that that's mickey jen oh mickey jen who the fuck you know yeah, uh, it's kind of yeah. because she's old school right you know, attitude and, there and, yeah and if it was like a trish stratus i think people would have been, or like lita you know then people might have been i think people will catch on it, yeah, get it, but yeah, it took, get take it. some time yeah. but anyway uh nxt takeover um you know we've got this a tag team championship women's championship we got the nxt championship with bobby rude the glorious one taking on the champion Shinsuke Nakamura, who has won and lost that title two or three times in the past month or two against Samoa Joe. Yeah, because weren't they going like a European tournament? They, they were. Flip flopping the belt. Just kept flipping it. Yep, yeah. almost every night. So uh, that's going to be good. NXT is always a good show. And uh, check it out on the WWE Network. And I tell you what, there's it's going to be a great road to WrestleMania. I'm excited about I'm wearing my WrestleMania excited. shirt. Last thing I'm going to say, though. Last thing. Royal Rumble winner Braun Strowman. Really? What you think? You know? They're building him, man. They're building him hard. They're building him. I wouldn't mind. I mean, they're actually putting him in the main event kind of spots on Raw. Yeah. Having him interfere and all that kind of That's stuff. That's what I'm saying. So why not, right? Why not? I would love to see uh, Braun Strowman take oh. on some of those higher uh, 
What? What? Oh, what? I was going to let you finish. Go oh, ahead. no, no. I was going to say, you were going to uh, go off on a tangent. No, I love seeing Braun Strowman because he's an unusual character in that mix of people with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and all the... And Brock and Goldberg and all this guy. And uh, so I like seeing it. Yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed him. Um, I was just going to say this real quick, and I'm done. Does New Day break up at the Royal Rumble? Oh, man. Shenanigans happen. They try to eliminate each other, or they start teasing the breakup. Oh, it start happening? no, man. I mean, they lost the titles, but they still got power. They still got merchandise. They still got marketing. They still got mic skills. So I don't know. Um, the Shield had all that, man. The, the Shield had all shield that. The Shield had all they that. Broke them up. Eventually, time's got to move on. Yeah. You know, the new day isn't so new anymore. Right. But, you know, we got to see um, got to see Kofi doing his thing in the Rumble. You know, he's going to have some kind of uh, interesting way to save himself or interesting way to get eliminated, whatever it is. That's going to be good. I, I love, I, I absolutely love uh, Big E. I think he's come a long way since where he started. And uh, my man, uh God, why is his name Xavier escaping me? Woods. Thank you. I want to keep calling him his real name, uh, his shoot name. Xavier Woods, man, that guy's got talent for days. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it, the talent was really suppressed back when he was doing that stupid gimmick when he was with, uh, what's the funk, the, the uh, what's that funk dude name? What, Brodus Clay? Yeah, remember he was rolling with Brodus <laughs> Clay. He had the bush. He used to swing the bush back with the hair. I mean, and he was dancing. It was dumb. But him going to the New Day, He's shown how much talent he has. And Triple H always said it, too. That He did. If you watch, uh, was it Breaking Ground he talked yeah. about him? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't Breaking no, Ground. No, no, no. That show on ESPN. The, yeah. That 60 for 60 the they six, did or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but Austin Creed. That's his real name. Yeah. yeah. Um, come on, call it Austin. Um, come on, Creed. Come on, Creed. <laughs> Thank you, Clubber Lang. Yeah. Um, okay, so, hey, it's been a... Uh, Quite an interesting podcast. Uh, we've had Matt Temby on, which is great. Uh, later on, what we got coming up is please give us your ideas of who you want to hear on the podcast, what you want to hear on the podcast. But I know we're going to have one coming up uh, dealing with photography and photographers. We got Wrestling in Maryland, who takes great shots of EWA Pro Wrestling. We got Big League Photography, which takes another great shots of EWA Pro Wrestling. Plus, they take shots of all kinds of other things uh, out and about in the world. We got Lotus Leaf Photography, which takes uh, all kinds of interesting pictures and interesting art. They are going to come on. So, we got one coming on about photography. We had one about health and nutrition and fitness uh, today. What do you want to see on the Big Ugly? What do you want to see on this podcast this year? Um, what do I want to see? I definitely want to see more superstars, man. Superstars. I mean, this is our wrestling podcast, so we got to talk to the EWA superstars, more wrestling superstars. We're going to do it. Nikolai Volkov on here. Nikolai. Um, You know, and and just whoever. I'm really excited for this photography one because, um, you know, for people that don't know, sporting photography is different from just your regular portrait photography. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. It's a whole different ballgame, so I'm really excited to to hear what what they have to say as far as, like, getting those shots. Because, I mean, if you think about, just as a wrestling fan, when they when you watch these documentaries on the network, sometimes they use iconic pictures. And it's like, they had to be photographers that captured those shots That's that right. now become iconic. You know what I mean? That's right. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a whole different game because there are no redos. You know, you're not going to tell somebody, oh, well, let me get it again. You know, it's like, you got to catch that stuff in the moment. So I'm very That's excited right. to talk to them about it. How about The Rock and the Royal Rumble? How about The Rock? Rock and the Royal Rumble. The Rock. Not the rock. I, I, I could see that. I could see that. I, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like Rock. They usually save him for WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan. 
Wait, not in the Royal Rumble, but at the Royal Rumble. At the Royal Rumble? I mean, they just announced that WrestleMania is going to be in New Orleans at the Superdome. I mean, the Silverdome. I mean, whatever you want to call it. In uh, 2018, so Hulk Hogan's got to come back to host that. Yeah, yeah, they got to bring Hogan back. We, Rock, I'm going to say Rock, not so much. I'm going to say Rock comes back for... Uh, Mania? Mania. Rock. Hogan, if we see Hogan, I'm going to say it's going to be Mania too. I, I don't think they're going to bring him back for the Rumble. Really? I don't know what the relationship is right now, man, with Hogan. Again, you know, they burned the bridges because of the political thing and they had to keep the name out. But you know what? No bridge is ever completely 100% burned. Uh, no. With Vince. If he can make you money, then he's going to do it. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Does Triple H come out? Triple H. I mean, we have not seen Triple H in the ring in a while. Does he come out in the Royal Rumble, screw over Seth Rollins, set up their angle? There you go. Perfect. I like it. Let's do it. They need to do that. Because it's going to happen at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's got to happen. Even if he's not in the Rumble, but I would love to hear that music play. Um, to have him come out and do something. Screw over Seth Rollins. Why not? Bring them all out. Beat up 30, John Cena. This is, right. And that's what AJ Styles like to do. Oh, man. Last thing. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. oh dude. Uh, the, uh, super, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the man, uh, I don't know. I was going to do some cool play on, like, the artist formerly known as Prince. But <laughs> anyway, he's, he's not even a superstar. But James Ellsworth was at the top of SmackDown. And yep. now he's, like, nowhere to be found. They're, like, doing some stupid... He is uh, him and Carmella. That's right. Carmella is uh, using him as a as a vehicle to get pushed higher, and it's it's what, interesting. He what was. Did they signed this guy for. They signed him to make sure that they can use him anytime they want for anything they want, and not have him work in independence like he has usually been doing. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't write the contracts, but you know, we haven't seen him around the independence since he has been signed quote-unquote, by the WWE. So they like to sign people for exclusivity rights. Pretty much. You know, you work in TNA, you can still work independence. You work Reign of Honor, you can still work independence. You work WWE, you can make appearances places, but you can't work. Right. And you will get paid a ton of money. I mean, I guess I get the whole, you know, putting him out of the limelight because the Ambrose and AJ Styles uh, feud is over. But my thing, putting him with Carmella, listen, I don't like feuds... I don't like angles where you pretty much know what the truth is. For example, when the whole thing broke out where Rusev announced the engagement to Lana, what did they do? They ended that whole storyline where Ziggler and Lana was getting together because it's like everybody knew. You already had a breaking ground where we know that Carmella and uh, Big Cass Big are Cass. in a relationship. Right. So putting, uh, you know, uh, Ellsworth with her, it, to me, it just it doesn't make sense, the angle. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, something for him to do, something for her to do, and, you know, Ellsworth still has... She some... can't get over. I'm sorry. No, no, and, and she's not that bad. I mean, on the mic, she's not that bad in the ring, but the problem is she got over when she was with Enzo and Cass. It worked. It worked. I understand she wants to do her own thing and be her own person, but you know what? Sometimes it just ain't going to work. I think, that was, I think they said that was a call to WWE. WWE wanted to split it. They felt like she could do something on her own and didn't want to it's not working it's not working man I, I, wrong it, move man they tried to put her with several different people yeah. you know heaters to get that going and it's just not working it's not. 
Um, you know, Nikki Bella and Natalia kind of have their own thing going, and uh, what you call it, uh, Alexa Bliss and Becky yeah. Lynch are still kind of going at it, and now Mickey James is in the mix. Right. And, and the thing is, is, I felt like they, they, they looked at Ellsworth and they was like, oh, here's a guy that's over. If we put him with Carmella, then maybe a show get over. But the issue is that Ellsworth was over because of the people he was working with. A hundred percent. Because of AJ and Dean. AJ and Dean not being there, he's not getting over, right? So she doesn't have that star power to lift him. You know what I mean? Like, they, they got it all wrong with... Yeah, they might be going in a, a strange yeah. direction. Maybe they just didn't know what to do with either one of them once that storyline was over. Uh, probably so. But, I mean, you know, again, more power to James Ellsworth. You know, he came from Independence, and he made the big time, and he's on the big shows, and he's making the, you know, uh, he's making the big name for himself. And that's great. And that's going to, you know, whether that lasts or whether it doesn't, that's going to make a name for him for as long as he decides to be in the pro wrestling business. So, uh, it ain't working right now, but you know what? That's what they do. I'm not a writer. Hey, we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. We are. And we're fans that are going to take our leave from you right now. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling. My name, of course, is Dirty Mike. No, I'm the Big Ugly. And we're going to be back to you in just a couple of weeks. So listen to this, share this, like this, follow us, and comment. Let us know what you want to hear. Cool? And follow Matt Temby's advice. Matt Temby, T-E-M-B-Y. Follow his advice. Get working on a better lifestyle for yourself, mentally, physically. Make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. Just do it. Just do it, and we're going to just do it. And and Nike, do not sue us for saying that. But uh, We're not selfish, man. We'll put you over. We will put you over, and we will also say three, two, one, deuces. deuces.